Welcome to the Rockpile Talk Pile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies subreddit. Um, my name is Zach, otherwise known as the huge name Zach17. Um, joining us is uh, one of our usuals, a co-host. What's up, guys? John J. Foster, 15. And we have a guest. We have Chris. What's going on, Chris? Hello. You also know me on Reddit as Rented NFL. Rented NFL. But not and if you guys haven't noticed, this is two weeks in a row with no Jason because he obviously hates our podcast. He totally denounced everything. Um, I heard he was living in a monastery in um, New Mexico. He figured um, peak baseball was Kyle Freeland, so it couldn't get any better. So he just decided to quit while he was on top. He's probably mining turquoise right now. That's what you do. Um, speaking of um, hard work and digging deep into oneself to produce a valuable outcome. How about those 2018 Colorado Rockies? The team that makes no sense. We, nothing makes sense anymore. You know, like, we'll eventually go into the stats, but we are winning a lot of games somehow. Yes, Chris, what would your opinion of the first inning be? The first inning today was actually pretty good. However, Obviously, Rockies have had in trouble so far in the first inning throughout the season. And personally, I don't like watching the first inning anymore. <laughs> I mean, just, it's almost at the point where if I miss the beginning of the game, I expect to be down one nothing right away. I, I've gone to the ballpark before and just been like, still the first inning, isn't it? I just like wait outside and I try to haggle with the guy buying peanuts. And I'm like, you know, $2 is a little bit more than it used to be. It is. What's up with that? It used to be a dollar. It used to be a dollar. There's a $3 peanut vendor now. Get out of here. That guy needs to get get lost. Well, that's why I wait till the second inning, because then the prices drop. And also, you are you feel weird about the Rockies, because they're just a... This has been economics with the Rock Pile Talk Pile. It's like, so, so, well, I think the Rockies are Freakonomics or something. There's got to be a Freakonomics episode about the Rockies because there was um, <clears throat> so many games we shouldn't have won. Uh, you know? Last night's game where DJ's walk-off being one of them. Yeah, um, which, by the way, was a, a conspiracy. If you Did you hear about the Arizona Diamondbacks guy? Oh, yes. Chris, did you hear about that guy? Yeah. Saying we need to go to Congress for the Rockies. Love it. Congressional hearing. Congressional hearings for everybody. Because Washington's doing great right now. I mean, yeah. I mean, also, I mean, baseball tickets are also like expenses you can give away to people. And that's really the main. I'm not going there. Um, no, we're, <laughs> we're, not, we're not going there. Um, so we are going to talk about how podcast. there was a Diamondbacks fan who I think is maybe a cousin of Eric Byrne or something. I thought it was Tim Lincecum with his juiced ball. Right? I mean, it, it's not the most far-fetched, like, you know, uh, conspiracy theory that the Rockies might actually have juiced balls in, like, the bottom of the ninth. Um, but if that was true, then it probably wouldn't have taken us 25 years to be where we are right now. Unless it took us 25 years to finally figure out how to cheat correctly. I think we just needed to get, like, the right usher, you know? Maybe. The right Ursha. Ursha. Um, so, the reason the Rockies are winning lately is not just because of walk-offs and not just because of grit. Um... I don't know. Is there a stat for grit? The will to win, TWTW. <laughs> what Tony Walters? Tony Walters? Yes, that's he's he's. He the is will the to will win. to win. <laughs> Tony three bags. Um, I was thinking um, since we're all slightly in a good mood, why don't we talk about uh, the man who continues to lower his ERA every month or every start, um, Herman Marquez. He yeah. has just been lights out. Yeah, he pretty much turned into last year's version of John Gray, where he comes out and you are going to see someone strike out 10 batters a game. And his 
fastball is going to look deceptive. His breaking pitches are going to break, whether they're at Coors or they're on the road. And they're going to, he's going to make at least four hitters look absolutely silly striking out. So, so the last four games, if he had struck out one more batter in St. Louis, he would have four straight games of double-digit strikeouts. It's it's incredible. Um, he currently sits at 195 strikeouts and only 171 innings pitched. And if you use um, strikeouts per nine, which kind of factors this whole strikeouts thing into kind of how many strikeouts you're averaging over nine innings, it's 10.24 on the season. Um, which is pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Um, and let's see, the last time... He's gone, oh my lord, he's got, had a quality start every single game going back until July 20th. Woo! So he went the whole month of August. And so far the whole month of September. And the, it's just... Yeah, there's this, Jason, there's this Jason Stark tweet a couple of days ago after Herman's start where it was pitchers with at least three consecutive double-figure strikeout games this year. Chris Sale has five, Trevor Bauer has four, Max Scherzer has three, Garrett Cole has three, and Herman Marquez has three. That's yeah. the list. He's, he's really progressed, and um, I don't exactly know if there's a specific reason. I think it's maybe, like, Bud Black's, like, hands. Like, he's got, like, that magic, like, slap on the back or something, or, you know... His- his fist pump, come on. Come on! Oh, you know what else was interesting? Bud Black getting ejected from a game. Can we talk about that Friday game for a second? I'm trying to remember it. The Dodgers game where uh, the umps were terrible. Oh, God. Chris, this? were you familiar with that one? Or what was the last game you watched, Chris? Last game I watched was this Diamondback series, but my school blocked MLB.TV for the first two weeks of school. Of course they did. Oh, stupid school. School's for people. School's for people, exact. <laughs> it was. Then they kicked me out because I already learned everything I needed to learn. Those jerks. Denying me the blockage of MLB TV. Um, well, we're going to quickly talk about that one game. Um, the umpiring was terrible. Um, like, legitimately, Charlie Blackman struck out on six balls. Um, John Gray walked, I think, was it five? Yes. And then we'd had like a total of seven walks that game or something, seven or eight. Um, yeah. There's a replay that went the wrong way. There is a, the balk that didn't exist. See, the replay one doesn't really bother me because once they called him safe, I. It's hard to overturn. There was just no way they were going to overturn that. Right. You, you, I don't know how you guys feel about replay, but what annoys me is the indisputable evidence part of replay in sports. If you're pretty sure he got him, then just call it. Yeah. I mean, they're still, they're still in this transition phase where you're like, well, we respect the umps, and we need to like give them the benefit of the doubt, even though they're clearly wrong. Like, we don't want to have replay. Have you, I've heard this um, opinion that some people have that the replay review people should not know the call on the field. They should just watch the review and then make the call based on what the review is, not worry about what the call is on the field. They independently... Sense. Make the call. Makes a lot of sense. How do you feel about replay, Chris? I like replay. I feel it's helping the sport. But I feel like it's too limited at times. So, Mm -hmm. in limitation can hurt something that is indeed good. Yeah, well said. How do you feel about the, um, if you keep the tag on the runner and they pop off the base for a second? That rule is one I personally never liked because if it's just for split seconds. There's John. spirit of the rule, there's letter of the rule. That is not the spirit of the rule. What's the spirit of the rule? That you're supposed to get, you're supposed to correct obvious missed calls. A guy doing a pop up slide and popping up the base for a fraction of a second is not what replay was intended to do. Maybe it's an unfortunate. Um, you know, side effect of having replay that those plays are now going to be in question, but I don't like it. I wish I didn't like them, but I do like the whole fact that, like, 
any runner in the field who is not on a bag at any given time who has the ball attached to them via another opposing player is out. You know how in the off season on the baseball sub there's like a million unpopular opinion question threads? You should put that one in there because I'm pretty sure that's unpopular. Yeah, probably. Well, and then it kind of goes to like the neighborhood play, you know? Like, how can I, mean, I the, be in, how the can I be in the, favor of that? The thing about the neighborhood play is it was never like fun to watch them have to like worry about tagging a base. Now with replay, it's like you're getting guys like Javi Baez who are graceful around the bases and are making these amazing plays from what used to be an ordinary play. Hmm. But like the neighborhood play where you don't actually have to touch second if you're really in the neighborhood. Right. Now you have to make an athletic move to hit the base. Which is also kind of the rule, but I don't know. I'm still kind of up in the air about that. Like, that's more safety. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Wilmer Flores. Or no, no. Was it Wilmer Flores for the Mets? With uh, the jerk, Utley the jerk? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like in the spirit of that, that's safety. But if if you're not on the bag, you're not on the bag. Unpopular opinion. Yes. Which I'm like already regretting. <laughs> you can see. at him. Remember his username, Zatch1717, like 17. Yeah, and definitely not the first one, which was the correct one. It's definitely the 171717. That's the one. That's the one. Um, I guess we, we got on a, off on a tangent because John yeah. Gray got um, screwed on uh, Friday. And then he didn't help himself out most recently. He just doesn't look right. I don't know whether it's mechanical, mental. He's having personal issues off the baseball field, and it's just kind of all manifesting. I think but it's even when JC's his best friend now, you know. Maybe. By, by the mean, has like is his best friend. Well, he should he should be better friends then. You should take him aside, pull him aside, and just say, hey, look, you know what's way cooler than weak contact? You're not Kyle Freeland, so just strike some dudes out yeah. and just go Harmon Marquez on these a-holes. On these suckers. So the trend has kind of been, uh, let's see, he had the Atlanta game in August where he had nine strikeouts in seven innings and four earned runs. Not amazing. Then the nine, the nine strikeouts was nice. And then Padres start, he had a nice start of two run runs and five strikeouts over 6.1 innings. The Angels, he gave up five runs and only one strikeout. And that's like when his K per nine for that game was 1.35. And then the first game of September, September 1st versus the Padres, he had a 1.5 K per nine. And that's just not who he is. You know, I've I've never seen John Gray go any amount of innings without like two strikeouts. Well, and that's the weird part is because his underlying numbers early in the year were so good, but his he was giving up a lot of runs. So right. his K percentage is actually better than it was last season, but he just kept getting better and better and better as the season went on last year. Whereas this year there's that sandwich middle where he was doing well, but his underlying numbers were saying he wasn't doing as well. Yeah. In, <laughs> in June, he had a set of three different games where he had a bat up of 455, 438, and 545, which, again, is a super small sample size because it's like a couple of innings and a couple of games, but you're facing like 20 batters. It. And his BABIP's been up all season. What is it now for the full season? I three, think it's, it's now it's 316. Ah, so it's much lower. So all that weak contact he did in the middle yeah. lowered it significantly. So if you look at it th- since, uh, since August 16th, it's been 286, 222, 208, 227, 300, 250. And I, I, again, it's, it's kind of hard to deduce those because they're individual games and they're small sample sizes. But if you put the five of those together, that's like 120 batters of Babips under 300. Hey, Chris, do you, if 
in a playoff game, not the wild card game, but like an actual playoff series, best of five, best of seven, do you com- comfortability level in a John Gray start? In game one, I'm comfortable with him because even the loss in game one cannot ruin you. So I would keep him as a number one starter. But if it's coming down to the wire, I don't want Gray starting right now because I feel he is having many confidence issues and another trip to minors next year could be good for him. Zach, comfortability level. And this is this is game one of you. The you can you can any okay, I, any I have a series. wild card idea though. Hashtag the opener. Well, obviously hashtag the opener. <laughs> hashtag the opener. John Gray. So, so you want so you want John to air it out for well, two three innings. Well, we should make it fair. This is this is if it's a wild card game. Okay, if it's the wild card game. I want John Gray to start for the first two innings. If he doesn't strike out two batters, then you pull him. Okay. And then you put in um, Marquez, who is also going to try to strike out batters for, like, three innings. And then, depending on the score, then I like putting Freeland in because he's just the complete opposite. Well, the problem with going those three back-to-back is that you don't have a starter for game one in the next game. Then you'd have to start Betis or Sensatella or Anderson in game one. Right, so you'd have to choose time between Marquez and Freeland to pick up the gray slack. Yeah, so assuming we got to the divisional series, if it was the divisional. Yeah, like if we got to the divisional series, to wild card game notwithstanding, you'd want game one for me. Freeland. I'd go different, and I'd go I'd go Marquez game one. Really. And then I'd go Freeland game two, hoping that you can get those two and go two zero up right away. Right. Now the issue it also depends I, on how it falls too, you know. Well, if we have to go, let's, it's looking like Atlanta is going to be the two seat. So if we have to go to Atlanta, I actually might go Marquez Gray one two, and then well, have Freeland because Marquez is a uh, road. Right. See, the only problem is is that divisional series is the best of five. So you want if you can get a two a lead. That's why I think you go Marquez Freeland game one or game one and two in any order. I don't care which. Uh-huh. And that's you hope to get a two zero lead real quick, and then you have three games to finish it up. Which would then be like then you get your gray. Yeah, then you have gray, and then and I then, think you do Sensi until. I think you go something. hashtag the opener with Sensi, Bettis, and Anderson, where they each go two innings. Then Stella goes two innings, Bettis goes two innings, yeah, Anderson goes two innings, and we didn't then talk about bullpen. Anderson yet. Well, I'm just saying, like, that's... If we went up 2-0, or... If we were up 2-1, let's say. We won the Freeland and Marquez starts. We didn't win the Gray start. Then you go Sensatella, Anderson, Bettis in that fourth game. Two innings each. Does that make sense, Chris? Do you think... Would that... Do you think that would work? I hope it would, and looking at the statistics, it looks like it might. But just knowing their confidence levels being told we're only going to pitch two innings, it's either going to be extremely good for the conference or extremely, extremely bad. Yeah, I'd worry more about Anderson in two starts because he, like, when, when, when he starts, when he has a good start, he gets stronger throughout the game. Right. Bettis and Sensatella just fizzle out as they get into the game. So maybe you should start Anderson as the opener. Well, I mean, it's, it's hard after since that St. Louis game. Well, and the I think what you would two point two innings. Ideally, what you would do is if it's a lineup you're facing that's got a bunch of right-handers at the top, you would throw since Taylor and Bettis out, mm-hmm. and then if they have a bunch of lefties lower in the order, then that's when you throw Taylor Tyler out. What concerns me is ever since August fourth, um, Tyler Anderson has his game score uh, as a three single-digit game scores. Yeah, and I think that coincides with Mike Petriello writing an article about how awesome Tyler Anderson's been. Well, maybe Mike Petriello can write an article about how terrible he is. I've, I have considered tweeting at him that these are Anderson's stats since you wrote this article because they're not, they're not pretty. How dare you? We've always got an underdog. I mean, that's how we do our best. You know what else was weird? We were on Facebook today. Yeah, Chris, did you watch that game? What did you think about the, not the game itself, but the actual Facebook stuff? Weird-ass split-screen, blue wave in the back. 
as a sports management major, I like that MLB and other sports are working with Facebook to try and increase the viewership. However, I was looking at the viewership numbers throughout the whole game, and it peaked at about 39,000. So I like what they're trying. I just don't like the results of what Facebook is doing with the game itself. And it's also a 1 o'clock game on a Thursday. But it was a good, like, trial. I mean, they've done it before. They do one every week. Sometimes two, I think. But they do usually one on Wednesday afternoons, but I guess they did ours. I don't think they had one yesterday. The ours was the one this week. I think I was between patients and I was trying to watch. And there was, like, the there was one split screen that was, like, you know, like maybe two-thirds of the screen and then a really small other screen with the in- interviewer at the very bottom right of the screen. And they were interviewing Robbie Ray while, like, the game was going on. And it's just like, this isn't that kind of game. Yeah. That's something you do in spring training or the All-Star game, interviewing the players right. on the bench. Well, I, I get that they're trying to appeal to a younger viewership. I'm just not sure if they're executing it Isn't, 100%. But I'm pretty sure baseball is actually growing for the first time in a while, right? Yeah. But... I don't know, like, I remember when the NFL did the Yahoo stream for the first time for one of their Europe games, Jaguars and Bills, I think, a few years ago. And I remember, like, everybody was so excited for the game, and then the stream crashed in, like, the first four minutes. They recovered, and everything went fine afterwards. But there were so many people complaining. Granted, it was on Reddit, so everybody complains on Reddit. But so much complaints about it, and then they never used Yahoo again. Well, and I don't know if, Amazon and Amazon yeah. is doing fine. But, yeah, and I haven't heard as many complaints about Amazon, so I don't know if how if there's a contract with Facebook, and so are they going to have to do this next year, or are they seeing all this complaining going on about people about how the game is? It's not just a lot of people complain just because it's on Facebook, but a lot of people are complaining because of all the other stuff with it. So I'm just not sure if MLB's are on going the internet to, and that's all you do anyway. Yeah. It's either so, cat photos, babies, or complaining. Yeah. Right? So I think if they don't have a contract with Facebook, next year they'll use a different platform. I don't know. I, I, could, see, I could see baseball just saying, you know what, Facebook is what it is. Well, they might have a contract with Facebook where they sign like a two- or three-year deal. I'm not sure. I don't it's, know. This is such a weird time to be alive. Hey, did you watch that game on, on, on the social media? On the social medias? Doesn't Twitter have games now, too? They had an NFL game a couple years ago. Oh, Lord. Yeah. You know, Instagram That's the first time I ever got a Twitter. It'd be funny if Instagram started having games and there was just a whole bunch of stills and there's a whole bunch of filters on it, like Javi, but he was, like, black and white with, like, an ombre out the rind. The, that's what I was thinking. Like, could you do a game on Snapchat? It's just ten seconds at a time. Ten seconds. Ten seconds. Well, ten seconds. Probably, if you just did every pitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you if, could cut out a lot of the dead time. If you did every play and just cut out every single pitch, I'm pretty sure you could do it on Snapchat. <laughs> it would be. It would be like a what a, ten, a five minute story. Yeah, there you go. Mob, call us for ideas. Yeah, we are the best ideas. Speaking of story, we have to talk about um, Trevor Story's season, but we're going to talk about it after this break. Welcome back to the Rock Hall Talk File. We're here to talk about your favorite fable or novella or... Um, Aesop. Aesop. Tale. Um, I don't have any synonyms. Trevor Story, y'all. What a, what a dude. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. End of conversation. That was fun. Yeah. That's it for Trevor Story. Can you, can you describe Trevor Story in, in two words, but not one? Uh, let me ask you a question real quick. Is strikeout one word or two? One word. Okay. Strikeout home run. There you go. Which would be would be two outcome? Yeah, two outcome player. Frustrating mm, gifted 
Frustratingly gifted. Ooh. Took you a sec, but you got it. I, I, it's okay. I'm not going to say it's the best. Now we've got nothing Chris? left for Chris. It's, it's your call if you want to try to come up with two words for story or just one. On off. Hey. Oh. So we were talking um, during the break about Trevor's story. Um, did you guys hear that he hit three home runs in the game? Yeah. One falling over, one 505 feet, and then the third was just the thing where he did. Boring, right? Um, oh, did you know? Did you want to know his weighted runs created plus for that one game? <laughs> it's going to be so ridiculous. So ridiculous. 600. <laughs> it's 885. Oh, my God. Uh. So stupid. Anyway, and other stupid things. Um, after that, we were talking about how Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado are the best players offensively for this team and probably defensively. Um, yep. And after his three home run game, Trevor Story proceeded to have, until today, he had 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24. He went three for 24 following that. Yeah, there was a brief moment after that game where he passed Nolan in both Baseball Reference War and Fangraphs War. And since then, Trevor, I think, has lost 0.1 in Fangraphs at least, and Nolan has gone all the way up to 5.1, which is a 0.6 lead. I mean, point seven. I can't math. And and back when like Trevor Story was hot and Nolan Arenado wasn't, I was like, you know, if you were gonna give the MVP to somebody on this team, I think it'd be Story. Didn't he have that crazy stat about like the only shortstop was like forty doubles and twenty five stolen bases and thirty home runs or something? Yeah, him and oh no, that was the other one. Yeah, it's just him though. Francisco Lindor's two stolen bases away to being the second one ever. So. Trevor will always be the first. The first shortstop for the 25, 30, 40? Yeah. Yeah. Just needs a couple more stolen bases. I mean, he's already broken his career high pretty healthily. Yeah, I'm getting a story jersey. It's happening. Me too. Um, But so there's not a ton to, like... To say story is maybe found again, and then Arenado was really uh, struggling for a while, and I'm not sure if that was because of his shoulder or something. Um, but he uh, he looks like he's kind of turned it around recently. He um, there was a couple like three game stretches where he went like man. Let's go from September 1st to yeah. September 10th. He had, like, five hits and about, like, 40 at-bats. Um, yes. Since then, five hits and 12 at-bats. Right. Good for a 261 weighted runs created plus. Right. And then he had... Is today September 12th? 13th. Okay. Well, yesterday he had a really good game. <laughs> With two doubles and a home run, giving her weight runs created plus of just 624, you know, Ugh. pitiful. Got to up those numbers. You got to get to those high 800s if you're going to have, like, a real game. Um, so what do we, why don't we talk um, ideal lineup construction if we're, like, uh, I mean, so why don't we, we'll match what Bridge is supposed what's going to do i mean what black's going to do and then do what you would do we've already seen what black's gonna do which is charlie first dj Not second dull. yeah Nato third story fourth cargo well, fifth he's, he's been having cargo or doll hit fourth and then having to, story hit fifth to break it up uh, I, I, I don't know i i'd really rather have like story have the extra at bat yeah Speaking of at bats, uh, well, no, I'm sorry. We'll we'll finish this. So, what should it be? Did so, Dahl lead off today. Yeah. So, versus right-handers, it should be Ryan McMahon in there. So I would go DJ one. I would go Nolan two, Chuck three, Story four, Dahl five, Cargo six. 
Ryan McMahon seven, and then whoever you have at catcher eighth. Mm-hmm. Against lefties, it's a little trickier because then you got Desi in there. But I think I'd keep it the same, except for I would put Holiday at first base rather than left field. Wish. Um, See, I think I'd just rather have Matt Holiday on the bench and be a pinch hitter, but I know that's not what Bud's going to do. But anyways, so for my dream construction first lefties, I think I'd actually have Desmond hitting ninth and move the pitcher up to eighth, the catcher up to seventh, but keep the first six the same. Hmm. Because that way, you get Ian Desmond less at-bats, one. Two, if he does get on base, then he's on base for DJ Nolan Charlie. Is he, is he at positive launch angle yet? That's I haven't checked in on question. that a little bit. Chris, what would you do with the lineup? I'd say right now just keep it as it is because it's clearly working. Rockies are winning and winning a lot. We're winning vision. So I might change it up once in a while, just depending on who's good, who's not. Move them like a spot or two down, but I think Bud Black is doing pretty good right now. There's, there's a hot take. Um, my cold take is what kind of division champion has Pat Vileka ever take expletive at bat? Like, how many times does it take? It's like... It's like a guy who, like, goes to, like, the, the clinic and gets gonorrhea, like, 30 times... And it's just like it's not gonna happen again. Like, <laughs> just you know, it's you know, it's always gonna happen. <laughs> that's uh, I love that analogy. I think that's your best work, Zach. It's probably my worst work, and it's not like anything has happened recently. It's just like at this point, I don't have anything less to say about why are you giving the lake at bats. I don't know, but what you said was hilarious. That's <laughs> it's just like. People don't, like, it seems like you're going to just do what you do, even though you know the result's going to be the same every single time. And then we're going to need to give you a pot shot of, like, penicillin, which is going to be your walk-off. And some, <laughs> and at some point, and at some point, we're going to be resistant to that sh- shot because we'll be down so far because Pat Valenka got it at that. Yeah, uh, he has... Um, not been good, to put it lightly. Um, Literally anyone else. There's a, among hitters that have at least 100 at-bats this season, Pat Vileka has the third worst weighted runs created plus. So In like, all of baseball. That's not including pitchers. It might be, I'm not sure. Some of them, I mean, I mean Marquez no, yeah. can hurt. It, it does not include. It doesn't. Does not include pitchers. I haven't seen one on this list yet, so I don't think it includes pitchers. Oh my god, guys! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Ian Desmond. Positive launch angle. Zero point three. Beautiful. We Stuck did on it. that air, Cosmer. Yeah. Um, and his exit velocity is at ninety point three. So, hey, better. I have noticed he is hitting the ball harder. It's just unfortunately it's in the ground. Right. Um, he also, weirdly enough, is no. That's that's nothing else. So Ian Desmond has a positive launch angle, and that is can, the sole reason the Rockies are going to win the division now. If he ends the year positive, I just have a big party. Well, I'll take maybe some, I'll take some shots. Just go crazy. Go crazy for that launch angle. Um. Okay, so it's occurring to me that if the Rockies do win the division and when they do or even if they don't, it means that Jeff Bridich has most certainly got another couple years, you know? He should just kind of relax on free agent signings, though. Just focus on re-signing Nolan and then just... Well, I mean, I only say that because, like, literally any other... I I keep saying the word literally, but literally any other GM would not have Pat Vileka on a team. Well, who would you you say his best free agent signing is? So when he was saying it was holiday the other day, and I was like, it's only been a month. 
And actually, I'm kind of curious on what Ionette has been doing recently, because he's kind of started to turn around a little bit. I'm kind of feeling like it might be Matt Holiday. I mean, he may have, like, won us some games. Because you got to think, Jake McGee's been a Rocky for three years now. Yeah. He had one good season, two not-so-good seasons, right. although he has been better lately, I'll admit. Yeah. Um, oh. Wade Davis has been, I think, as advertised because he's getting older. He's I mean, a lot of either, either way with Wade Davis, you have the guy who's leading the league in saves. Well, I think at the end of the day, he's older, pitched a lot of innings. He's gone deep in the playoffs. Last, He went to two straight World Series and then went to the NLCS with the Cubs last year. Mm-hmm. It, I think we got what we sh- should expect to get from Wade Davis. Yeah, with a uh, playoff experience who doesn't always blow things. Yeah. And then, I mean, Brian Shaw, that hasn't exactly worked out. Well, Roto I was going to honor the Golden Lance's uh, thing and see what happened to him. To um, Ionetta? No, to Brian Shaw. Um, bad stuff happened to Brian Shaw. Let's go from July 27th. Chris, do you think Brian Shaw makes the 25-man playoff roster? I think he will simply because of his experience, but he should not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he should not is correct. He's correct. Kind of. I kind of don't feel like. I kind of don't feel like he's going to be there, unless it's a wild card game, in which point Bud's going to have a ton of pitchers ready. I think, but Yancey, he came into or the Yancey. game today in kind of a big spot, and that's two or three times in a row. Bud has put Yancey into a big spot. I think Yancey's taking Shaw's job. Maybe. I hope he has too. I love the kid. Didn't he get that home run on Sunday? It yes. Was ba- it was bound to happen, and it was what? Was it Turner or somebody else? Mm, I was only cursory paying attention on Sunday. It's stuff going on. You're but late. regardless. Ryan Shaw, second half... FIP, 3.02. Not bad. Brian Shaw, second half, home run per nine, 0.63. Brian Shaw, second half, K percentage, 23.4%. That's good. Walk percentage, 6.3%. His whip is still up at 1.47. Do you have... Fangraphs up yeah. right now? Yeah. Can you look at his leverage indexes? Because I'm pretty sure he hasn't pitched in a I mean, high you don't really want to know that, right? Well, that's my point is he is pitching better lately, but I don't think he's pitched a high leverage situation in a while. So it's hard to – I'd have to go to splits tools, which is not working as well for me right now. So, so high leverage. Yeah, so my point on Shaw is – I don't think Bud trusts him enough to put him into a situation like that anymore. I don't think Shaw's pitched in a meaningful spot in a while, at least two weeks, if not longer. Hmm. So if we reset this and go second half, 2018 second, it's weird. It's it's like giving me .1 innings pushed. Well, regardless, it doesn't... It's ridiculous. So, like Chris said, maybe he will be because of his veteran experience, Mm -hmm. because we know Bud loves veterans. Like, if you don't do the splits tool, you just do splits. He's got 14.1 innings pitched in the second half, and his Woba there is, like, 340. Um, But his high leverage... Right now, I can't get it to go high leverage and second half. This year, his high leverage has been in uh, a FIP of 10.25. He's been bad. I would say Horrendous. So. Horrendous. Mm. Zach, do you think Brian Shaw is on the 25-man playoff roster? I really think that he needs to, like... It really depends how how the movement is in the last week. If he's got the movement in the last week, I could see it. I don't. I don't think he makes it. 
Unless it's a wild card game, in which case, yeah. all hands on deck. He, Bud probably wants more pitchers at that point, which I don't blame him for that. Well, I mean, look, we got we got Oberg now. Oberg's been tremendous oh, this year. Oberg. There was a, I don't remember if it was 2017 or 2016, but there was a game in which Oberg pitched well, and Drew Goodman said, this is why the Rockies like him, because he has this ability, and then we never saw it again. Well, I mean, there was a wild card game last year. Yeah, we're pumping one on one. Right. Let's go um, second half. So, who else I'm interested in is Chris Russin. He looked good last night. So, second or, half, Chris Russin, eleven point one innings pitched. Um, he's got ooh an on base percentage at three eighty five. Chris, are you at the point where you trust Chris Russin? Not yet. I feel he's getting back there, and I will be soon. Uh-huh. But still, one or two more games away from me. I'm with you in a 100% agreement. I can't. I can't trust him based on the strikeout percentage minus the walk percentage in the second half for Chris Russin is 1.9 percent. So it's. But a, do you feel like he's kind of getting it? Because. I think Chris and I are on the same page. He's kind of he's on the right path. Left on base percentage is thirty five percent in the second half. Man, totally sustainable. Um, in the last six games, if we're just going based on that, I mean, it's going to always average out over everything. If we just take the last six games of him, he's had two. He's had. Three games where he left on base percentage of 100%. One game, two games of 0%, and one game of 50%. And he's, okay. given, up, he's given up six runs in six games. All right. So, no. Okay. So, you're a no. Chris is a on the way. I'm an on the way. Adam Adovino, Chris, do you trust him? I'm 50-50 on him. Okay. 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 Zach. It's Otto. So you're a yes. Oh, I'm definitely. I'm in between you two. Yancy, are we all yes? Yeah. I'm hoping he's learning from like that Dodgers game, but yeah. Okay. Jake McGee. Chris. Again, I feel he's going to be on the roster, but he does not deserve it. Okay. Zach. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah or nay? Yay or nay? That's a yay. Yay? Okay. Uh, Sangwon O. Chris. Definitely. Definitely. Only against righties. Chad Bettis. That's a hard call. Might be the hardest one of the whole thing. I love me some Chad, but there's there's nothing. Like, this is all wild card game, right? This is just in the playoffs. If they come into a spot... That Bud calls on them. Do you feel comfortable? I honestly, I don't see a reason to have Bettis pitch in the playoffs. I'm just looking up every reliever we have. We're about to get the same hammer, so don't worry. <laughs> Chris, I want to trust him, but I just can't right now with his performance lately. Same with me. Next up, Harrison Musgrave. The muskrat. Yeah. Well, we only got what McGee. We got McGee and Russin, and I guess I'm a no on Russin right now. So I guess I have to be a yes on Musgrave. Look, okay, that's so weird, Chris. I'm leaning towards yes, but I'm afraid of what can happen if he does get in the game. Yeah, I look at Harrison's numbers and I watch him pitch, and I want to say yes, but I don't think I can yet. And well, last so but not least, well, last but not least, Sam Howard. <laughs> Sam Howard of like, what, a couple innings? He has pitched, uh, let's see, he has pitched. I want to show me how many innings he's pitched. Oh, there we go. Yeah, he's pitched point two innings, not even a full inning yet. Or no, that's Jerry Vasto, my bad. Uh, Sam Howard has pitched two innings. The peripherals aren't good. Yeah, so I'm a no one. And two innings. So that's our bullpen situation. No, 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 no. You forgot the most important player of all, DJ Wait, Johnson. 
<laughs> yes, DJ Johnson, who made his debut and has a negative FIP. Heck yes, who also isn't um, available for the playoff roster. But anyway. Yeah. So then it's down to, we'll only have four starters in a playoff series, so it's down to whoever starts that fourth game. And I think most of us agree it probably doesn't really matter. It's whoever pitches the best in the next, what are we at, 18 games? In their next three starts? Okay, so the, so the fourth game of the series is tomorrow. Who's your fourth starter? I'm honestly, it's going to depend on if they're lefty-dependent. I'm going to go Anderson. If they're righty-dependent, I'm going Sensatella. You mean the team we're facing? Yes. Okay. I would I would put in Sensi. That's a start? Just because I feel like his ceiling right now is higher. I know Anderson's ceiling would be higher, but like it's just been such a rough couple months. And when he loses it, he loses it bad. I mean, Sensei, when he loses it, it's like at least you're going to get like four innings, I think. I mean, the last two starts, he's gotten six innings, four earned, five innings, three earned. And you take <laughs> both of those from your fifth starter. I know I caught some flack on the game thread for saying that, but you'll take that from your fifth starter. Right. Chris, who's, who's the fourth starter in the playoffs? I would probably go with Anderson, simply because I feel when he's hot, he's hotter. But there's also risk because when he's cold, he's cold. I don't take, I that, don't take risk. that risk. Got to have a quick hook on him. I think we all agree on that. You got to have a quick hook. Well, the thing is, if you have Anderson, that means you have to have Bettis. It's a package deal for me. Because if Anderson can't make it through an inning or two, then you got Bettis you got to throw in there. Whereas I'm pretty confident that Sensei could at least go three innings. Which is I still think it's lineup dependent. Which is probably the right call. Um, but yeah, there's your Colorado Rockies pitching staff playoff matchups that we just went through. We did it, guys. How about that? I hope the I hope the sub enjoyed that because I did. <laughs> the inner workings of your mods. This is what I do, guys, when I'm at work bored in the last week of my job when I was leaving. Oh yeah, aren't you <laughs> just... like relocating yourself? Yeah, I. I Took a different job to start on Monday, so this whole week I pretty much held off on doing everything until my last day today. So I just messed around on Fangraphs and Baseball Reference for a couple days. And that's why you love the splits tool now? Yes. Welcome to the dark side. Did you tell Karen <laughs> what you really think has... of her? Uh, well, I mean, no. There was, uh, there you was... know Karen knew. You just got to tell her. <laughs> there was uh, one girl who was super nice at my job. And she came over to my desk like 3 o'clock to say goodbye. Somebody asked why she was leaving early next to me. She started crying because her cat was being put down. It was the most awkward goodbye I've ever had. <laughs> it was terrible. Well, hope your cat... Yeah, there was <laughs> nothing that, I could say. nothing you could say. Nope. It was the worst goodbye. I'll never see that woman again in my life, most likely. I think we found, I think we found how we're going to end the show today. Ugh. It was terrible. I hope our goodbye is better than that. Today? Right now. Well, I was going to just go, well, I hope your cat... And, that's and that would be the end of the episode. Perfect. That's all you need. That's all we needed. Um, well, I guess let's wrap things up. Um, I think there's some hard decisions coming up with the bullpen. I think there's a hard decision on the reliever. I think there's the easiest decision you've ever made in, you know, telling Pat Valleca he could you know be a, a great fiddle player or something <laughs> and he should pursue his dreams he could be a great model. choose a different line of work like any yeah. different line of work i mean you see those arms he'd be a great bagger or like you know grocery bagger sure you gotta okay. like help people to their cars and such so Chris, I don't know if because those know are the only bags usually. that he gets on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I stepped on your joke. I messed up. I'm so sorry. So Chris, how we normally end the episode is for the next series or two, pick what you think happens in the series, like game wise, a bold prediction, and then a realistic prediction. So we're at San Francisco and at LA the next two series. So what do you think those six games 
I believe the Rockies will have a winning record for those six games, and I believe McMahon will have at least one home run during those games. Mm. Hmm. I like Ryan McMahon a lot, so... I like Ryan McMahon a lot. Get off of him. McDougal. McDougal. Um, like, what do you got? So the Giants broke their record of most consecutive losses ever, which is, makes me pretty pretty happy. Yes, for those that don't know, it is September 13th when we are recording. The Giants have not won a game yet in September. so It would be nice to keep it that way. Um, but I think uh, we're going to hang over really bad um, tomorrow. And we're going to get... We're going to get one run tomorrow, and then we'll get two runs on Saturday and three runs on Sunday, and somehow that'll be enough. And so we'll go two and one there. And then, I don't know, like I want to go two and one against the Dodgers, but we probably could have last series ahead of the umps. So we're facing, we're scheduled to face Hyunjin Ryu, Clayton Kershaw, and Walker Bueller with John Gray, Kyle Freeland, and Tyler Anderson scheduled to pitch. It sounds like a one and two. I think it's a split. The three three? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go two one in both of them, four and two. I think we beat Madison Bumgarner, beat. Derek Rodriguez, but I'm with Zach on the hangover. We're going to lose to Chris Stratton tomorrow. The Dodgers series, I don't know. We'll win two of them. I don't know where we'll win two of them, but we'll win two of them. We'll win them in the ninth. And that's exactly what I was going to say. My bold prediction is we win both teams <laughs> against the Dodgers on not walk-offs because they're in Walk-ins. LA, but the last are top of the ninth, and then Wade will shut them down. I think... Um... I think the hot take is Gray gets a double-digit strikeout game. God, I need that in my life. Right? <laughs> well. <laughs> I was going to say it. I knew you were. <laughs> it was, it's, it's been fun. Um, I it, I think we can just take, like, 10 seconds to appreciate the fact, like, no matter what happens, you know, the Rockies is September 12th and the Rockies are in first place in the National League West for like the first time ever. And no matter what happens, there's some kind of joy that you should be experiencing as, as a Coloradan that you're, uh, we're Nebraskan. Um, <laughs> that, that, this is, that this is, this is your team and that, our time has come to at least enjoy being a fan of a baseball team that is irrelevant. Yes. First place, your first place, Colorado Rockies. Your first place, Colorado Rockies in September. September 13th. And no matter what happens tomorrow, we're guaranteed to be in first place tomorrow as well. Right. Chris, it was a pleasure having you on. Yes. Thank you, Chris. Um, and uh, the Dodgers are going to win this one anyway. Um, we will see y'all next time. Go Rockies. First place. Number one.